0: Good morning. This is Driving Theology. I'm Mike and it is another 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 rainy Wednesday just like last week. Although probably raining less. Probably raining a little bit less. Which is good. And you know what? I'm gonna adjust this one more time. I keep forgetting my cords better when it's upside down, I think. Because the mic. mic port uh, is closed, so. Anyway, uh, yep, good to be back again. Good to uh, have survived another week of the rainy season here in Japan, getting closer to the end. Uh, Looking forward to a nice weekend. We're going uh, with some college students camping. Uh, Well, sort of camping, cabin camping. I'll be in my my, uh, camping hammock for the night uh, as will my uh, cohort colleague, Patrick. Uh, the rest of the kids will be in cabins. And we're going to do some, uh, man, I don't know what to call it. It's, it's. They call it a high ropes course, but basically you're you you you're in a harness and you're shackled in and you, you practice uh, uh, things like, uh, I guess, zip lines and uh, uh, different, climbing on different uh, types of uh, kind of obstacles, but high up in the air, up in the trees, kind So we're going to be doing that with the kids for a day, and then camping, a little barbecue, uh, really just spending some quality time with the kids, which is what we're after. Uh, And that'll be on Saturday and Sunday. Go up Saturday morning, do the ropes thing on Saturday, and then on Sunday we will... uh, well, Saturday night we'll barbecue and of course camp out and then we'll come back the next next morning, next noon, something like that. Anyway, looking forward to that. We'll spend some time with the kids. It'll be great. Getting out in nature and doing something different. All the, all the kind of things that I enjoy doing. Um, all rolled up into one. Yeah, Our uh, club is called Cross Active and it's a idea that we came up with uh, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, <clears throat> and the idea stemmed out of the fact that um, number one, Japanese are very active in their hobbies, right? They they love they love doing stuff on the weekends when they're not working. They're very serious hobbyists, I would say. Um, in fact, you know, on some level, depending on who you're talking about, of course that they kind of do their hobby at a professional level quite often. Um, they don't do it to get paid. They do it because they love it. And they, they're, they're really able to focus um, well as, as you may know the Japanese are right. some uh, this week since last week there really hasn't been a lot that's gone on uh, but I have started a couple new books that, that I'm excited about uh, one was a gift from my friend cam um, a book that I've known about and I've read other books by the author uh, but have not read this one called the knowledge of the holy by of course aw Tozer Um I was quite skeptical as I was getting into it um, where he was going, but actually he's he's taken it to some good places. I'm just on, you know, something like page 33 or something like that, maybe 34. Um, uh, but actually he has at least given, um, <clears throat> well, let me tell you what he's trying to do in the book. In, in the book he's trying to get down to the true nature of God. Uh, and, of course, knowledge of the Holy. When he says the Holy, I think he means the Holy One, and finding out just who God is, at least to the extent that we can, Um, to the extent that is possible, discovering who God is. And uh, early in the book, in the introduction material, for example, I really thought he was going for, you know, God is so far and so high and so mighty and so good that we can never comprehend him and blah, 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 and he still may go there, and that worries me, but he did at least give mental assent to the idea that the fullness of God is found in the person of Jesus, uh, and that's it. That's, that's, of course, where I'm at now in my Christology and theology, uh, that Jesus is exactly who God is God is exactly like Jesus and anything that anything that we find about God that doesn't match up with the character of Jesus we should we should well in my opinion we should discard uh, but we should be very careful the way we read that anyway so, and uh, do our due diligence on discovering uh, the true attributes of God and I, I think that the best way to start to go about that is to study Jesus and who Jesus was and what he stood for uh, and where his heart was and who he loved uh, and what his purpose was um, what he was engaged in doing Uh, and then from there we can we can discover the character of God and with that rubric we now can go into into the Old Testament and discover the true character of God there, but I'm afraid there are going to be many things in the Old Testament that uh, do not bear out the true character of God. Now this is really good because I'm reading another book as well, uh, a uh, monster of a book, uh, and now it's the, the title is going to it's going to evade me. It's a two-volume work just put out by. I want to say Greg Boyd. Pretty sure Boyd is right. Uh, again, on the on the the character of God. Oh yes, and it's called uh, Crucifixion of the Warrior God, and he is <clears throat> attempting to. Uh, <laughs> the Japanese word's coming to the, the English word is evading me. Let's see. He is attempting to make sense of, if you will, the, uh, portrayal of a violent, vengeful, wrathful God of the old Testament with a God in the new Testament who is forgiving, loving, and self-sacrificial. And he's trying to make a full picture. And he's trying to do this. He's trying to do this without denying the God breathed aspect of the old Testament. So he believes that the Old Testament is God-breathed and yet he believes that Jesus is the fullness. Jesus contains the fullness, the entire character of God. And he says he has he has discovered how to do this. He's 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 been able to do this, to reconcile the two, right? And so this is a great book for me to read as well, because it's, uh, you know, it's all on the, the same topic, the character of God. And really everything, and Tozer says this, he bears this out, he says, everything uh, that's important, uh, or, or the most important part of us is our thoughts on who God is. That that's the most important part of us. Uh, that if we can truly know who God is, right, if we can truly know who God is, uh, then, then that will be very important for us. That, that will be key in our life. Uh, and I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly, that a, a knowledge, a true knowledge of just who God is, the character of God, um, that's the ball game. And if we can do that, the rest will fall into place. And I'll also submit that a lot of the problems we have in in our religious institutions—be they be they Christian, Muslim, uh, Hindu, uh, or you know some kind of tribal animistic religion—no matter what the religion problems in that religion stem from a misunderstanding of who God is or the nature of the divine. Um, and you know, some, some easy, easy things are, are, are obvious. Some, some of the obvious things are, are just sitting there, like how many gods are there? Uh, is God like us or is God completely different? Is God hateful, or is God loving? Uh, so, is God near, or is God far? That's another one, right? These are very simple things, obviously, but you can see these. Uh, <clears throat> they play out differently in each in each uh, rendering of who God is, or the nature of the divine. Uh, so, these two books that I'm reading, and I just kind of discovered this, <laughs> were both given to me. Well, one is on, on loan, but he hasn't read it yet. He's allowing me to read it first. One is on loan and uh, by Patrick, which is Crucifixion of the Warrior God. And the other one is uh, by Cam, another friend, and they've given these books to for me to read at the same time, and, and I'm tackling them both at the same time. Uh, now, Tozer's work is of course much, much shorter, uh, you know, it's, it's barely 150 pages soft and wet, <laughs> whereas, uh, Crucifixion of the Warrior God is, uh, the first volume itself is probably 700, 800 pages. So the entire thing I have a feeling is going to be around 1500 pages of reading, but, and I'm very thankful for this, it reads well uh, it doesn't so far seem to be, uh, or rely heavily on academic language, which, uh, doesn't always go well with me. I, I, uh, have read some of, um, uh, N.T. Wright's more academic stuff and that's just, that's just hard reading for me. Uh, the language, um, really, kind of asks, asks you to jump through hoops uh, to, to really be able to comprehend what they're saying at all. Uh, but of course N.T. Wright has a more, a more colloquial um, style um, in many of his books, and I love those books and those books have been very important to me. Greg Boyd seems to be somewhere in the middle, but, but yeah, very readable so far. Um, not terribly academic. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's gonna be a blessing when it comes down to, to reading a 1500 page book. So I'm really glad about that. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I've been in the middle of trying to discover the character of God for many years now and perhaps um, both of these books will help me understand him even better. Um, on the ground, one of, one of the ways uh, that that plays out, I think, is in Christian churches, and especially the way that the denominations have formed over the years. And we know there are thousands of denominations, thousands of, of groups uh, that have separated from other groups uh, because of this difference or that difference uh, either in theology or in practice Uh, and so now we have so many different denominations i don't think anybody can name them all Um, but some of the main branches of those denominations of course would be uh, the high church which i think contains basically the anglicans the, the presbyterians the Lutherans, um, and possibly the Methodists. I would say that's kind of uh, high Protestantism, which is separated from Catholicism. Uh, and then from there you get, um, you know, the Baptists uh, and the uh, Stone-Campbell movement churches. You get, the, of course, the Pentecostals and Charismatics of all kinds. Quakers and the Shakers and the Mennonites um, and all of those groups, and then on the very outside of what we would call the Christian religion, you get groups like um, what many of many many Protestants would refer to as cult groups, um, which are uh, w- we would call Mormons, for example, or Jehovah's Witnesses, people who who have decided that the Bible as written is not the complete word, that there's more to be added, whether it's that means finding the original translation as in the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, or uh, added holy books as, as uh, L, the, the people of LDS do, uh, but those people also believe in Jesus Christ uh, as, at the very least, a an all good and very powerful being who actually lived on the earth. Uh, Now, of course, Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe that he was actually God, that he was actually, he is called the son of God, but actually he was a very high angel. They believe the angel Michael is actually Jesus, which is quite interesting. But uh, those groups, as well, are are very. They've had quite a long history. They're very strong uh, in in numbers and in membership, and uh, they're out there as well. So, kind of what has happened, I think, is that people have decided that the character of God, for whatever reason, in the in the tradition that they were in at the time, was not full, and they decided to. Uh, they decided that a change, that a break needed to be made, that a change needed to be made and that they stepped outside in order to, in a, in a freer environment, pursue their specific vision of the character of God. Uh, and that's, that's happened inside Catholicism as well. And and whatever Catholicism came from, uh, which we would have called the, the early church or the the seed church or what have you, Uh, and numerous other groups, Uh, you know, there's of course a long uh, Christian tradition in Ethiopia as well. So people have decided, no, the Bible does not say that or this or that about God and that God is actually like this or that, and so we're going to break from what you're doing because we think you're doing it wrong and we're going to do it better. And, and so that's what's happened. So now we have all of these uh, groups and splinter groups and, and uh, different camps, uh, different theologies, different ideas on the person of Christ, uh, on the nature of, of Scripture, uh, and ultimately the, the character of God. Okay. And to make matters worse, every single congregation, has people in it who all have different ideas on the character of God as well. Uh, um, And yeah, that doesn't make anything simpler. It makes it quite difficult. But it is a testament to free will. (laughs) It is a testament to free will. That that we are free to think and believe about God, whatever we want, uh, and to pursue our uh, our methods or, or, or calling uh, uh, to pursue Him in, in any, using any method, you know, we wish. And, and certainly, uh, the you know, if you're talking about America or other countries with a somewhat free constitution, we have, we have the space and the room to do that. But I believe more than that, God affords us, God affords us that. Um, That's part of His loving character is that He allows us to think what we will. Even though I know He wishes that we understood Him better, He wishes we understood Him better. I think knowing God uh, is the highest calling we can pursue. And I believe God wants to be known by us, more truly by us, uh, than anything as well. Uh, because He knows that our uh, knowing Him well helps us, it's for our benefit, it benefits us. It doesn't benefit Him, but it benefits us. And his, he has shown Himself to be all about our well-being. <clears throat> Which is what the sacrifice uh, of Jesus on the cross, cross was meant to convey to us in no uncertain terms: God loves us. He loves us. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna, you know, continue to, to, to read these books. I've got Tozer with me today. The other books just a little big to to drag around everywhere. Um, but I'm gonna continue to, to look into these books and continue to dive into the character of God and, and to continue to look for the character of God everywhere, not just in, you know, between the pages, between the covers of a book and the pages of a book, but, but in nature and in the people I meet and, and all of these image-bearing creatures that we have around us. I believe the entire, uh, the entire creation uh, contains the fingerprints of God. I think the nation of Japan contains the fingerprints of God, and I think uh, every every smallest thing to every largest thing, every living thing and and every non living thing. I think it all, uh, in many ways, has uh, the fingerprints, and in some in some way, the image of God in it. Certainly, the living things we can see this. Um, so yeah, thanks to uh, Pat and Cam for those books uh, and for their friendship. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to pursuing uh, to pursuing the uh, the person of God, the character of God, knowledge of the Holy, uh, as Tozer puts it. Uh, one thing I was getting at, and I forgot to mention, was that I, I've been. Uh, I felt compelled to, to post something on Facebook the other day about denominations, and I, I woke up with the thought in my mind, or rather the question on my mind. If I wanted to be Orthodox and Catholic, why couldn't I be both? Or if I wanted to be Baptist and Pentecostal, or, or Church of Christ uh, and uh, Church of God, why couldn't I be both? You know what is it that stops us uh, from uh, from experiencing the good in, in all denominations, and and I think the answer is denominations themselves. That I my gut my gut feeling is that the creation of the denominations, although God will use it, God will use it. I believe to eventually bring out bring around. Uh, true worship of Himself. I believe that the very creation of denominations and the the disunity that was involved in that process is not of God. I don't believe it's of God. Some people would say, well, it's got to be of Satan, Then, well, maybe it's of Satan. Uh, Maybe it's of man. (laughs) I just don't believe believe it's of God, and and then I posted after that somewhat cryptic post, I I added the entire chapter 4 of Ephesians, which talks about unity in Christ, and and the fact that the unity of our faith will be what matures us to grow up into the full stature, or the stature of the fullness of Christ. right? And so if you, if you go back to the bridal paradigm and you believe that the church is the bride of Christ and that we are now being prepared for an eternal wedding with him, that we are one body, as Ephesians also says, Ephesians 4, that we are one body, then unity of that body, control of that body would be one thing that would prepare us to for our wedding day, right? And I believe that wedding day is what we call, um, some people call judgment day, some people call the end of times, uh, whatever you want. I'd like to call it the culminating event when Jesus comes and reconciles once and for all the entire creation back to the Father. Uh, that's the wedding day that I'm looking forward to, uh, where heaven and earth become one, where God's will is done on earth as in heaven, that, that day or that event. And I think we're slowly moving toward that event, but I think I I do, I do at this point believe that there will be a single event that comes and, and, and makes that happen at once that, uh, eventually, um, the time will be full, right? So anyway, I, I myself am trying not to recognize denominations. Uh, What I'm trying to believe is that we are all the big C church. We are all the church of God, right? We are all uh, the body. We are all the family of God, the single family of God. And then until we embrace each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't think we'll ever get close enough to know what the other actually believes. You know, I've, I've had these prejudices against well many other groups, but especially the Catholic church for many years that that they are idolatrous, that, that they believe this or that, that they worship idols. And what I've done is look at, at, at people who I know and just say well yeah that's what it looks like to me so from my standpoint not being in in the catholic religion as an outsider from what i see that's what it looks like to me is they're worshiping idols and so i know the the complete theology or i know it more completely now than i did then of my own group and i so i compare the very limited perspective that I see on how people live as Catholics. And I compare that to the high uh, theology and theological ideals of my own group, and I conclude that they are idolatrous or they are in iner- error uh, or that they are heretical in their beliefs. The truth is, the Catholics, from their leaders and teachers, they teach one thing, and the way it plays out on the ground. Of course, is different. Just like it is in any church, in any group, in any school. Uh, students' work does not represent the knowledge of the teachers. Okay, not always. If it did, they wouldn't need teachers, right? If their work was already good enough, then they wouldn't need teachers, right? That that seems. Uh, logical to me. So the the teachers uh, in the Catholic tradition do not believe that Mary should be worshipped. They do not believe that the saints should be worshipped. They do believe that only Jesus uh, is worthy of worship. That God is the only true one to be worshipped. And they teach those things but the way we see that it works out, we believe it's idolatry. Now that's because we're outsiders, but what would happen? What would happen if we all just said, for the purpose of understanding each other better, I want to embrace everyone as a brother and sister in Christ, that I don't want this name that's on my building, uh, such as Church of Christ or Baptist or or Pentecostal or whatever. I don't want that name to separate me from you because you have a different name. I'm going to embrace you as a brother and sister in Christ and I'm gonna get to know you and I'm gonna get to know your teachers, right? And the way they teach. And then from that standpoint, because now we are close enough to understand each other well, maybe there will be a, a place that I might feel the need to rebuke you, and perhaps you will meet. And wouldn't that be great? That we we talk to each other as a, a, talk to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ and help each other down this road together, as opposed to this tribalism that exists. Uh, and so. Full disclosure, uh, I th- that's what I'm hoping for. I don't wish to exclude anybody from the body of Christ. I don't wish, wish to disfellowship anyone. At least not yet, not until I know them better. Not until I have a true understanding of their teaching and, and, and what they really believe in their heart. To the extent that that's possible for any human to do, um, and then if there are things that I believe that that we can help each other, hopefully by then trust has been made, and we will listen to each other with an open mind, an open heart, and that we will we will allow the Holy Spirit to make those things known to us, not just fall back on you know the party line, uh, for example, right? Not to not just toe the line of our denomination, right? But to together seek to worship in spirit and in truth and to formulate meaningful, deep, loving, respectful relationships with believers everywhere, regardless of the name that is on the building of their church. And to me, that That's unity. Now you can say, and you can look at Ephesians 4 and say, well, he's talking about unity only inside the Ephesian church, right? This is only the letter to the Ephesians. And so what what Paul is saying here, that unity is important. Well, that's really not important for all of us. It's only important if you're in the same congregation, but congregations are free to act differently. Well, yeah that's BS. (laughs) That doesn't hold any water. Not that anybody has said that or would say that, but I'm just going to say that flat out. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, and so to me, and I believe that the character of God bear this, bears this out. God's not looking to have many families of many tribes. God is looking for a family who bear his image in the world and who love each other. And we are known for the way that we love each other. So my encouragement to you and and the mandate that I've now given myself is to just take down these walls. These walls are are arbitrary anyway. I don't believe God sees these walls. I don't think, I don't believe God sees these differences between uh, different denominations anyway. I think those are completely man-made, completely. Uh, Tear those down uh, and embrace your brother as a brother. Start living life together, growing in trust and in the knowledge of the Son of God. And get to know God better through your brother. And allow His, you know, the diversity in the body to enrich you and not to repel you. Alright, thanks guys. Peace to you and you